Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is handling the five P's of digital transformation. And the five P's here are people, policies, processes, pocketbook, and politics. And the guests for today's show are Bill Pandrick, who is the Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Hi, Bill. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Very good, sir. Wonderful morning here in Chicago. And we have Frank Johnson, who is the Chief Information Officer and Chief Digital Officer for the City of Baltimore. Hi, Frank. How are you? Sanjaga, a wonderful day here in Baltimore. Excited to be here. Thanks so much for having us to help share, share the wonderful things we're doing in tech here in the city with you and your listeners. Thank you so much again. And, you know, the reason I picked this topic is because of all the the uproar regarding digital transformation. Everyone, literally everyone you talk about, they start that, oh, we are doing digital. That's great. They, are, they have started on the journey. But then there are equal number of people who say that, hey, we started it, so far we are making some progress, but it's actually not going exactly how we envisioned. And when we see such a pattern, we wanted to discuss where the ball is getting dropped. So as the first question, Bill, I'll start with you. If, if someone is seeing what they started with, it's not coming to fruition, yes, something could be uh, there, uh, uh, there could be some issues with execution, but how about we starting to how do we let's start challenging the strategy where are we dropping the ball oh i think that's a a great question and in you know like most things um a lot of work has to be done up front to set things up for success and and oftentimes um maybe because of the word digital maybe for other reasons um, including inertia and organizational type of um, uh, design. Um, what people don't often understand, and if you don't set these things up correctly, that the issues you often face is, one, it is a transformational item. So, so to do that, you have to have leadership that understands how to execute transformation but also understand how to get it done within the culture, in the um, uh, decision-making process, and the, the politics of the organization itself. Two is I oftentimes they jump into um, uh, technology solutions. And if you look at what's core to digital transformation, oftentimes as a CIO, uh, you are asked to lead an effort around digitization, but it ultimately it's about the business change that occurs in understanding what many of the silos are in today's organization and how you break those down, looking from the outside in, from the customer in, all the way through the back office. And equally, uh, you have to understand the, all the ingredients that have to be put in play. And, and oftentimes, virtually every organization has some form of business process reengineering, uh, agile, lean, um, uh, in many other functions that really help drive efficiencies and process design in the organization as well as technology. But those have to be brought to bear in a very organized, thoughtful way because you're bringing all those disciplines together along with very significant, organ- oftentimes organizational change, 
um, job role and skill change. Um, and doing that is an evolutionary model versus uh, a big bang. And I think oftentimes in setting those strategies up, um, there's a lot of excitement about what the opportunity is, but it never goes deep enough about setting those foundational elements up for success. Now, what you just mentioned definitely is spot on in terms of what all different areas we touch. So coming to you, Frank, we cannot call this as an initiative. We cannot call it as a project. It is a fundamental rewiring of how everyone thinks, strategizes, executes, and even operates as a business. Right. This is to be looked at, I'd say, almost like there's a newborn to be handled. Yes. So where are we not looking at it that way? Are we slapping in technology and say, okay, this is my kick, this is how I'm going to kickstart my digital or the business uh, leader comes from a golf course and say, let's do this portion as digital. Is that's where we're dropping the ball? So I, I, well, first of all, I agree with everything that Bill just says, but it always starts first with the commitment of the leadership of the organization. If uh, technology and investment, investing in technology and therefore digital transformation is a priority for the leadership, then it becomes a priority for the organization. So first and first, first starts with vision and commitment from the top, first and foremost. The second thing I'd like to, I'd like to throw in there is kind of interesting. We're talking about the five P's, but no T. You know, we're not. The technology has always been the easy part. So we even make it more more concise. Bill, I'm sure you'd agree with this. Uh, somewhere between 80 and 90 percent of every IT project I've been associated with comes down to two things: the five P's, culture and resource. The 10 or 15 percent or 20 percent is the technology piece. That's always the easy piece. Changing the way people do business digitally or enabled by technology as opposed to by paper and manually is always the long pull in the tent. Now, let me suggest something that we should talk about. I'll argue, Sanjog, Bill, and your listeners, that we're talking about maybe a 20 to 25 to 30-year problem. Because when the Gen Ys are in charge 30 years from now, they're growing up with an expectation that, of course, there'll be digital document management. Of course, I'll sign that contract electronically. That'll be the expectation. So part of this, I'll argue that this culture thing that we're dealing with, that people didn't grow up with the technology that are currently in control or in charge or in leadership or managerial position, we're probably talking about maybe a couple of decade of a problem or issue or retraining we need to deal with. The future leadership will have a much easier time with culture, again, because that entire generation has grown up with the technology as a part of the fabric of their upbringing. But without so, a doubt, changing the way people do business is, and planning up front, carefully retraining, is absolutely the lion's share of the work. No doubt. So what you just said, so Bill, coming to you, uh, one is to say, okay, I'm going to use digital technology to check my mails, to handle images, to exchange ideas, communicate, etc. But that that statement has a technology underpinning to it. Another thing is to look at how you could take your same business and elevate the experience by rethinking or fundamentally doing some creative destruction, which means you remove the old to give way to the new, of how even this is possible when 
I'm not going to keep lingering on with, with uh, keep keep tagging along the old way of doing things because that old way has to go away for the new way to come in and then let's talk technology then let's talk about how we're going to automate or apply ai etc so yeah so i think you're you're spot on on that and and it is one of the things i've often done and try to do is cio even independent digital but it's even more important given the reasons you suggested um, um, or just uh, brought up is that you need, I avoid using technology virtually in all my discussions or engagements with the business around digital um, because those oftentimes what happens in these projects is it quickly evolves to a upgrade of the portal or, or a new uh, technology uh, platform and you're not really changing the business, you're just automating a, a, a component of it or attempting to automate it, and you haven't dealt with the fundamental issues. If, if you go to the, and I think the, the discussion, um, the comments um, uh, by my colleague there about um, um, looking at it from uh, a generation who's used to and expecting to do business a certain way, um, you have to have that look view from the experience that's expected. And then you need to break down those traditional barriers. And we all know, as was, was um, discussed, that the long-term intent is we all, I mean, this would be much easier if we didn't have legacy environments, legacy operations, traditional ways of doing business that may have served the companies very well. You're trying to transform that and change that, but those things take time to change, so you have to go through this evolutionary process, because you can't ever lose sight of what it, that is, what you're trying to accomplish, which is the experience, and you need to measure that experience from the eyes of, of not yourself, but the customer, and, uh, and those who um, are, are, are accustomed to doing business in a different way from that lens. And I think that, you know, having a good, diverse team, including representations of generations, different generations of people that, it, that are used to doing business more in this way is critically important. So, so Frank, let's, let's talk about the pocketbook side of it. Um, and besides the fact people may not be reaching the desired outcome, they're also reporting that one of the reasons is that somewhere while they got the initial thumbs up from the business, but somewhere they start becoming anxious because they're thinking, I'll, I'll pull out a magic bullet and, and give them something yesterday. Right. When it doesn't happen, they start becoming more resistant to adding more funding because they don't really see something shaping up. And we, we, I'm not sure how we're promising them or how they are imagining that something will shape up in two days, the funding starts dwindling, the supports and sponsorship that you mentioned is most important starts dwindling, and then right. you are left holding the bag. So yep. who yep. is not setting the right expectation or who as a leader is not understanding that this is not gonna get done yesterday? 
again, I, you know, in, in my humble opinion, this starts as, first and foremost starts at the top with a commitment from the leadership, and that leadership absolutely has to be conditioned in understanding the value of investments in technology, both hard costs and soft costs. Too many finance departments that I have engaged with throughout my career are very, very good at short-term, 12 months, how do I get a return? Oh, my gosh, sometimes some big transformational projects, you won't see a return on that investment till years three, four, and five of a typical transformation. And a lot of that ROI to the organization are soft cost, efficiency, productivity, you know, uh, a customer experience. Uh, so the, the, the first and foremost, what we're, we work in close partnership with our finance department to come up with a very fundamental approach that everybody agrees with. We call it our cost-benefit analysis. It is both hard costs and soft costs of you know what will it take to implement any new capability before we start. And everybody understands it's a series of spreadsheets, it's a couple of graphs, but it is a methodology and a process that everybody believes in so that the leadership can make informed decisions about investing in this digital transformation project or maybe in this other capital expenditure. Here's another thing that's a real challenge for everybody that's in procurement and finance, Sanjog, and I'm sure that Bill has this experience too. Our industry is shifting from uh, one that's very capital intensive to one where I'm now procuring capability as a service. Okay, so, you know, years ago, I would buy servers and licenses, very capital intensive, and every five years, I'd have to ask for 10 or $20 million to upgrade my server infrastructure. I run the data center. Well, now I'm going to go procure cloud services as service and pay monthly. So on top of doing cost-benefit analysis, we now need to teach our finance partners and our procurement departments of how to procure capabilities as a service instead of the way that we used to, which was much more capital intensive. But we, we absolutely do not do anything without close collaboration with our finance partners. They're absolutely key part of our tech transformation team. Heck, they're actually at the table helping us write our digital transformation plan for the city. Can't do it without them. Let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, we'll be right back. And Bill, I'll come back to you and say that what should be those initial sets of expectations that we set for the top leaders so that you can show that I'm going to give you a quick wins, a few quick wins, but that doesn't mean that's your holy grail. So don't stop your support. Don't stop your sponsorship. What does it take? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. 
Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmayne can help. To find out how Redmayne can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmayne.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Bill, as uh, we spoke about the different ways people are trying to uh, get this started, digital transformation initiative started, but then there are some expectations which are getting set unintentionally, which is causing us to lose, get, get, get these people to lose their interest right when we want their most support. So would you have any specific things you've done in your organization or anything which you, when you look back and say you should have done so that these people will know this is like building a castle one brick at a time. So we just got started, guys. It's going to take some time. Don't you lose that, support. I think you have to... Um, you're spot on with with the journey and evolutionary approach that has to be taken. I think you also have to go back to what I talked about earlier um, in the ingredients. You have to assess the culture, where the culture is on its organization. If you've already done and have a strong familiarity with concepts such as Agile, and that's been a business-adopted approach to many of your initiatives, or even some of the multi-year efforts around process reengineering, then you probably already have some foundation that you can leverage to link it back to something they're familiar with to help tie you to that evolutionary path. Um, and that's oftentimes what we've done is compared it to other things of how we've done things evolutionary so they understand but also recognize and constantly reiterate and communicate at virtually every student community governance is this is what this accomplished. These are the things that need to, will need to be addressed in the future. This is how we're going to be tackling them in kind of almost like a rolling, you know, nine to 12 month plan. Um, now, if the organization is not familiar with that, um, agile or some of those evolutionary other methodologies and approaches to executing work today. I think you do need to go through a fairly intense educational uh, program that helps people understand the iterative um, approach that comes with digital. Oftentimes you can d- use many of the agile training programs, et cetera, and we've done that extensively throughout our organization with a very formal, in parallel um, um, uh, education to uh, the stakeholders, both at the senior leader but also at the business operating areas and certainly within IT of the agile, what it is, how it's used, how it works, 
uh, and constantly reinforce and have the right coaches as part of this who can continually educate and reinforce that to the team as well as the key stakeholders. Now, given the way you explained, uh, like, you know, we bring, suppose, Agile, or we talk about other collaborative approaches to doing things, that is, would you say that is that culture or is that behavior that we are trying to have them adopt? Because culture is something a person will do the right thing when nobody's looking or nobody's measuring. They are, they are uh, gung-ho from inside out to jump on this digital or the new way of thinking, new way of connecting, or no new way of even uh, innovating to, to help the organization. It's like a, the swarm of ants who want to work together to get to their destination. So maybe this is a question, Frank, you may want to take to say, if, if I have to say this is, a, this is a template of a culture, independent of what that organization does, what would be the core tenets which will make it conducive to take on the digital transformation and, and that will result in least resistance towards moving it forward? You know, I, I, uh, um, so I'm a certified leadership instructor, so I know a lot about this. It may start with good old-fashioned leadership, and the one leadership tenet that reigns king here is collaboration. And it starts with the, the, the discussion that we just had about, you know, how important are the business leaders or the users, right? Today, everybody is an IT expert because they're all consumers of technology. Everyone carries around their iPhone. I can remember a few years ago, several CIOs, you know, refused to enable smartphones in the env- enterprise environment when they first started to show up on the market. But I, I would always say to myself, never underestimate the power of the, the user base to get what they need, because at the end of the day, they're the customer. And lo and behold, what happened? People started using their smartphones for business needs or mission needs, and slowly but surely, every IT department started to support it and had a mobile strategy. That was driven by the needs of the business or the user. In today's environment, there is no way that anybody could pull off a successful successful digital transformation plan that's enterprise-wide or a specific project without close collaboration with the customer the business unit or the agency in this context. And I'll throw something else out there. You know, we have this constant debate with NIT. Should IT be centralized or decentralized? My answer to that is yes. You know, you cannot do anything today without technology, nothing. Um, so if you're a business unit, you, they shouldn't have to be ma- bothered with managing the ping power and the pipe of the infrastructure, but they absolutely need to be well-versed in the applications, the data, and the cybersecurity requirements to achieve their mission. But as soon as something like, uh, let's say, you know, uh, something that is germane to multiple divisions or multiple business units, then it's up to the central IT authority to pull that out and provide it as a service enterprise-wide for everyone for all of those aforementioned efficiency and productivity cases. But I'll, I'll tell you, the, the, the most important thing to me is that collaborative spirit customer first, put yourself in the shoes of your customer and work backwards. You know, if any of you are following the Amazon story today, what is Jeff Bezos' number one priority for that great company? Customer experience. It all starts with a customer. And in our context, you know, our customers are the internal business units or agencies of whom we serve. And, and that, those relationships uh, are absolutely key to success. Because at the end of the day, that's who we're serving. 
IT for IT's sake is nothing unless it's enabling a business outcome. It's allowing us to get to market better, faster, cheaper. It's driving productivity or efficiency. That's what matters. So culture and skills will not be developed in a day. So, Bill, when you and your organization embarks on this journey, I'm assuming that would not be a prerequisite that you will not move a needle till the time you have the required culture, you got, but you don't have all the skills. So this is a work in progress and it will stay work in progress. So how do you tackle or how do you wear the suit which is being sewn right now? You see where I'm going? Uh, yes. And I, and I think that as you, as you describe that, some of those challenges virtually through every generation of, of or any type of initiative that a company is trying to change, um, whether it's changing its business model to evolution to other business lines, et cetera, that culture change that you described is always there. And, and, and I think there are some foundational things that need to be put in place. First of all, you know, you have to add, as, as Rank discussed, um, from the constant reinforcement and support from senior leadership, um, that's critical in alignment around that. With that understanding, it is a journey, and it's one brick at a time. The second thing, though, is I think oftentimes people try to boil the ocean and get everyone to change, and I think we all know the nature of how people and organizational uh, often change, especially organizations that may not be used to this kind of change. You have to find those wins or those champions that, that one, will, will have the respect of the organization but, but can adopt and understand how to work differently and really champion this. And then you have to constantly... Um, uh, evolve that that makeup of that group to bring other champions in, and over time you start chipping away with that. But often, what we all we need to understand is in any organizational change and, and model change, um, and certainly in digital, that there are people impacted by this. There's people that may not get it uh, and will will not be able to make the change. There's roles and jobs and skills that are, are going to be different as, as you evolve. And dealing with that proactively is also critical, not assuming that everybody's going to get it and not assuming that, that there isn't going to be an impact to that, but also doing it in a very thoughtful way. So hey, hey, Sanjay, let me let me add to that. You know, another reason that we're, we we haven't addressed yet, but there's also part of this somewhat resistance to change is, you know, the fact that a lot of people know that technology is responsible for putting people out, technology and automation, mostly responsible for putting more people out of work throughout the history of mankind than anything else. Now, how we address that, working closely collaborative with our partners, we're like, okay, look, we're going to automate this, and of course, you know, we can replace these people with some automation. But business unit lead, you know, make one up, or agency lead. Let's look at the long list of things that you would love to do but currently can't do because you don't have enough resource to do it. Okay? Oh, yeah, so we, if we automate this, we can take that resource and move them up the stack to do more highly value-added things. Now, here's where human capital and tight partnership with HR kicks in. 
We need to retrain people, you know, baseline their competencies and skills, gives them a chance to learn and do new things that are of much more value to the organization. So there's a huge organizational development piece which right now in technology is very challenging because we're in an un- unprecedented hot tech job market. Uh, the, the, the U.S. university system is graduating for cyber alone what? Maybe about 40% of the demand? Not enough programmers for everybody. Not enough an- uh, analytics people for everyone. Data scientists, not enough cyber people for everyone. So we're going to get very, very creative. Once we, once we go and start to implement a project, and we need those arms and legs to implement now the digital transformation, whatever it is we're doing. I mean, the, the, our biggest challenge is the people side of it, again, because of the unbelievably hot tech job market that we're in right now. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about partners. Perhaps this is the sixth P, which I did not include, but maybe the partners I see as people who may be not directly controlled by you, but you have the chance to influence them. And we more and more in this digital era, or even otherwise the way we are working is we are dependent, or rather interdependence is there on the partner, and there is a reliance as well. So can the culture, which we today are just thinking about the culture within the organization, be extended to include our value chain partners so that they are not just doing it because they are your partners or in, in, in uh, crude terms, a vendor, but instead they become your true partner where they try to get their respective cultures in their organization to be such that, that the sum total, the output that you want for what that customer desires is the best it can be. What do we do to build such an inclusive culture which spans the complete value chain? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit BlackBerry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. 
Partners are very important. So, Bill, what would it take to create a culture which doesn't just is contained within your own organization, it spans across the value chain. So each partner works voluntarily to make you and in that process themselves successful. Yeah, that is, that's extremely important. And as we know, it's hard enough to not only change um, a culture internally, but it's also quickly to recognize that more and more of everything we do, um, and, and certainly in the technology space, involves partnerships in third parties with an ever-growing pace and with many diverse offerings. So when you go into a, a digital transformation, you need to recognize that if that same level of work we talked about earlier about organizational change and and how you handle that needs to apply with your partners. Um, oftentimes we have, if it's an existing relationship, either providing support for development work or for work on an operational technology operational side and you're trying to change that, you need to understand the dynamics of how you traditionally work and what's going to be needed to be successful in the future and reshape that relationship, um, either through the, the model or a statement of work um, but also the culture of that organization recognizing that they also need to be educated and understand the dynamics of how this work is going to be done differently. Um, and certainly, like everything, it, you know, depending on how your, your, your uh, financial relationship with them works, you need to look at how you're going to measure success there and how you're going to reward and incent those changes as well. Um, so, you know, to me, one of the key pillars as CIO is our overall third-party relationships and getting away from that traditional vendor model um, and the traditional way of looking at that to the more of the partnership model. And, and this is key to it, is setting up those relationships up front, similar to how we talk about what you do internally, and managing those very closely through this, this transformation. So, yeah, if I, if I could add, Sanjog, you know, so I spent a significant amount of my career on the other side of the desk selling to CIOs. They were my customers. And I saw throughout my 25-year career there the transformation. I mean, tech salespeople used to sell features and benefits, you know, back when life was simple. You know, that was necessary but no longer sufficient. Now we were in solution selling because we had to be more valued to our IT customers. Well, that's necessary but no longer sufficient. Now we're full-up business partners. And throughout my career, the number of CIO friends that I've had that have told me along the way, Frank, I, I, do not, I, will, I spend no time for people who are trying to sell me something. I will give an unlimited amount of time to those who have a vested interest in helping me grow my business or advance my mission, true business partners. And, you know, every IT organization today has a multitude of partners to stand up. They're very, very complex and getting more complex infrastructures. It's just the nature of the business. And it can't be done without partnerships. But it's not just tech partnerships in today's world. At least here in this community, I've got four other classes of partnerships. Tight collaboration with the universities here getting back to the people side. Not enough tech talent. We've got interns and graduate students here helping us, you know, innovate here in the city. 
the other businesses that operate in and around us. You know, we're sharing ideas. The other governments in and around us, we're sharing, you know, best-known methods, best practices, ideas, how we can help each other. And then, of course, the growing number of incubators, VCs, and foundations who are helping grow the tech industry. You know, it really takes, you know, that, that collaborative partnership lever. Yes, the tech suppliers are part of it. But at least here in Baltimore City, the entire community is leaning in to try and help grow the overall tech capability of the city. And those other aforementioned companies are very, very key to our success. So, uh, Frank, if you look at anything in terms of digital transformation, it has to first, of course, have the support. But then you have to look at your processes, how you're doing things, and you have to undo some of those and or tweak the rest so that you have a good foundation on which you can slap technology and, and the life would yeah. move on. Now, that said, how with so much variety and the volume and the velocity of changes demanded by the business, this would be like you keep painting that canvas forever. You never stop. Yep. And if you do that, you could never reach a state where you say, okay, I'm done, so let me go to the next step. So how do you paint something, let it dry out, and then again try to paint on it, thinking that this is going to come to a point where I can call it quasi-done. You know, so I, I, I think Bill touched on this earlier when he said, hey, you know, the discussion is all about people, process, pocketbook, the five Ps, without talking about technology. And what we're trying to build here is a culture of leadership, inclusive leadership underpinned by innovation. So, Sanjay, I don't think we will ever be done. You know, because the tech industry will continue to find ways and create ways that we can do things better, faster, cheaper, continue to innovate and evolve. I, we will, we'll, the the, the uh, canvas will, or the, the paint on the canvas will n- never go dry. It'll constantly evolve and change. And, and I, I, I honestly believe that. You know, creating a culture where innovation and change is the norm are absolutely the organizations that will continue to adapt, thrive, grow, and lead. Uh, we have to be unbelievably flexible and adaptable and, and continue to change with the times or keep up with the technology or get out in front of it and shape it for any first market mover advantage. Take more risks, do more proof of concepts, continue to innovate. I think that is absolutely key to any organization's survival or relevance long term. Those that sit idly by and let the paint get dry, the rest of the world and in, in industries or competitors will speed right past them. And so, I see Bill, that happening to, in business every day. Yeah, so Frank, point well taken. Now, Bill, coming to you, one is to talk about technology, the layer which uh, Frank just mm-hmm. ta- you know, tackled. But if you go back a layer below, which is the process changes, that's how you fundamentally... Uh, set the foundation on which you apply technology. But here we are continually coming back and not just saying digital means only to uh, tackle new technology, but also to fundamentally keep rethinking how the processes work. And that's not always very conducive to getting anything done ever if you keep tweaking it, because that's what you're going to automate. That's what you're going to optimize using technology. So can we get it off of an art form and make it a stencil at least to say, okay, this is my process, the most tweaked it can be, and let it get to that point before we go and yet again change it? Yeah, those are, that, to me, that is 
um, you know, as we talked earlier and Frank iterated, it's not, it, it, you know, the technology part of it is going to always and constantly change. But what you're describing is really the organizational dynamics about a constantly a constant change management. And if you, you know, although it's a buzzword, like a lot of technology buzzwords, and, but it's oftentimes misunderstood what's important. We have to get into the mindset um, in the business and, you know, as well as in the IT. Um, and in the IT world, and it's oftentimes with, we're very accustomed to it now with third parties where they release new versions of software, or even certainly on your mobile phone, there's constantly updates, and that changes something. Um, and, and, but, but there's a whole process around that, and there's an understanding of that change and what has to be involved and included. And as those, if those processes are defined, whether it's on a quarterly basis or um, an annual basis, there's a whole set of activities around communication, education, understanding how roles and jobs change. Um, that dynamic needs to be built into the fabric in understanding that these are not events they're ongoing core capabilities that you just have to be good at. You just need to be good at constantly changing and evolving and not in an ad hoc way, not in an unstructured way, in a very disciplined way, but recognize you're not just doing this as a project. You're doing this as part of a culture that's going to constantly be revisiting and changing things, but it needs to be done thoughtfully. Um, and that's a core competency of the organization and oftentimes is put off to the side or underinvested, but it's critical for this digital journey. Frank, talk data and analytics. Kid you not, so many people I speak with, they are ranking themselves under five from a scale of one to ten when it comes to where they stand in terms of where the data and analytics function is. And that being the so core to the very digital, what we, the digital dream we are trying to realize. What's, what's holding us back from being able to inch forward and, and make it something which we can slightly be at least start to feel proud of? Okay, so uh, first of all, everyone will agree in this day and age, analytics reigns king. It's all about the data. You know, insights... It will drive first market mover, mover advantage. People who have more, can figure out a way to monetize or capitalize on their data or public and private data for some competitive in the man, marketplace will, will make a huge difference in business outcomes. Data is king. Now, let's be fair to ourselves as an industry, right? You know, the, the university systems are just starting to teach, you know, uh, and pump out and produce data scientists that we can start to employ. Um, up until just a couple of years ago, you know, uh, you know, analytics is not new, but it was be they were very, very expensive, vertically integrated IT systems that cost in the millions of dollars, you know. And thanks in the last few years to advances in Moore's law, now I can have the compute capacity and capability for the masses. So, so uh, you know, big data and analytics. And all of the tools that we layer on top have become much more affordable. There's a bunch of now open source alternatives. I don't have to buy any one specific analytics platform. So it's kind of that affordability within the last three or four years has made access to the technology available. And again, I'll argue that we're just starting in the higher education system around the world to start to produce 
enough data scientists for companies and organizations to employ to start to develop strategies. People typically call this the top one CDOs, chief data officers in an organization. You know, there's not enough of those people available to every organization to lay out frameworks, strategies. So when each one of the business units starts collecting data, you know, at least it's coming in in an organized fashion so the enterprise can make sense of it. I mean, we're, we're pretty much at the start uh, from a technical capability, a competency capability, uh, having enough talent to organize, you know, people's data. Uh, Ten years from now, yeah, it'll, it'll be old hat, but this is a huge priority for everyone. And in this cloud, cyber, data analytics, social, mobile, whatever you want to layer on top, you know, for most organizations, data is absolutely keys to the kingdom and the insights that you should be able to drive to drive some uh, positive business outcome. Without a doubt, hugely important. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And Bill, when we come back, would love to continue to touch on this topic because what Frank said is very encouraging where, yes, we have the new technology and we are building uh, the, the capabilities to be able to get the outcome. The challenges most organizations have reported are the fact that the data part, the data engineering part, where it comes from, how clean it is, how the integrity is, and, and who's the owner of the data that's one of the chronic issues which brought the MDM, the Master Data Management Initiative in the past, down to its knees. And it is, again, becoming the monster people are having tough time dealing. So the upstream function of this data and analytics and the ability to build a culture of data enablement is what we are grappling with. What do we do to at least inch forward in this area? Any thoughts, anything you've tried will be all yours. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise.
You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Bill, let's talk about this upstream function where we need to have the data be owned by someone as the custodian, not a CDO, not a CIO, because it's business people's data. So it should be their ownership. And then should be a way for it to come in uh, in, a, in, a, in a manner where we can actually use it in a, in a proper way. So that's a dream. It's a pipe dream, which has been there a dream, and it is not getting fulfilled. People have tried very hard. Where are we falling short? What's the way out? You know, that's, uh, you know, the, every company, every single company out there um, is challenged with this. Uh, in particular, the, the traditional companies and the back and forth between ownership. And, and this is even some ways uh, more challenging um, than digital because oftentimes people don't understand. Where in the digital, you might understand the customer experience, understanding all the underpinnings that make data governance work and the importance of that to driving business value is a very difficult thing conceptually for people to understand and, 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 and drive towards. But in terms of how you tackle it, you know, one of the things I've been having experience both on the business and IT side in analytics and, and informatics, what I've oftentimes found, um, many of the concepts we talked about digital, about how you evolve these capabilities in the organization versus the big bang um, are challenging, even in data governance. And I always look at it more from what, I'm, what I call more applied informatics or applied analytics. Um, if you try, you need all the core underpinnings of data, and ultimately it will never work if the business isn't making uh, decisions and understand the implications of their decisions around data definitions, rules around the data, and ownerships, and the importance of is they want something to address those uh, those changes proactively as a formal part of governance. But the problem is you often try to solve those as a uh, boil the ocean, and you try to do it from uh, an enterprise view. And even though you need to solve it in enterprise, what I've often found is you start to uh, tackle discrete areas, and you start to build momentum there. And through that, you build more of the governance process and implement more formally, where over time the business is taking more and more ownership and control, but they're seeing the value, and they're speaking more about the importance. And then you evolve it over time, fully understand where you need to go as an enterprise. But the problem with this is if you try to try, uh, do it across the company in one big bang, it will fall on its knees. It's more complicated than digital just because the underpinnings of where this data comes from, what the quality of it is, all the different iterations of data definitions that go through our environments and systems, the number of people that touch it and change it is almost mind-boggling in most companies. And you just can't tackle that at an enterprise level holistically. You need enterprise support, but you got to deal with it by area, topic by topic, and build momentum. Yeah, and I'll also argue that the you know the the data that's being utilized in decision making today extends well beyond the uh, boundaries of a traditional enterprise. We use third party data, and, and the most touchy one, which requires legal, moral, and ethical review, and well documented in the governance, is aggregating citizen data. So that this is. 
you know, needs to be carefully planned and choreographed. And again, I'll get back to at least the model that we're trying to employ here. You know, in, in, in my mind, our mind, the chief data officer is trying to lead the governance enterprise-wide, develop some frameworks, syntax, standardization, and tools so as the data scientists, which are starting to grow in numbers across the agencies or the divisions or the departments, they don't have to, that's been vetted for them. They can just focus on the data requirements for their mission and business and know that if they follow these rules, these, standard, the sta- these standards, use these tools, that the enterprise will be able to make sense of this stuff in aggregate. But it, uh, in, in our governance model, uh, Sanjog and Bill, you know, all the stuff around data governance, who has access, the security of it, I mean, it is by far uh, the largest part of our overall governance model and continues to evolve as we uh, continue our journey down this path. So one last question for both of you. This is unprecedented. Whatever you have done in the past, I'm sure you've earned your stripes and earned your gray hair because you dealt with situations. You know how to deal with uncertainty. But then there are blind spots. There has not been the endurance or humanly possible. No one can tackle this much change at once. And then there are skill gaps. How would you lead others when you yourself are like a child in this new day and age? So if you are to send a message, 30 seconds each, I'll start with you, Frank. What would be your message to the leaders who are trying to tackle this so that they can show at least some light at the end of the tunnel? Wow. I mean, I, 30 seconds. Um, uh, first and foremost, I'll say there's never been a more exciting time to be in technology than right now. I mean, once we get to billions of smart, connected, embedded devices, which we haven't even talked about in this session, I mean, the amount of data uh, that we're going to be responsible for managing, analyzing, storing, and handling is going to explode a thousand, a hundred thousand fold in the next 10 years. That, to me, is a very exciting the business model innovation, which we've touched on here today, not the technical, that enabled by te- technical innovation, is also very interesting and provocative. I mean, you've got to be wired uh, to, to constantly be learning, be open to innovative, creativity, imagination, you know, have got to reign king because you know that a competitor, another partner, a potential supplier is absolutely figuring out ways to leverage all this wonderful capability to do things better, faster, and cheaper. And you have got to stay, keep your organization very nimble, light, and innovative in keeping up and or ahead of the times by leveraging this capability. Super Frank, exciting time yeah, to so be in technology. Thank you. Thanks so much, Frank. Bill, I just need two words which leaders should keep in mind. I have to close the show, but I would like those two words. I would just say... Business focused and perseverance. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much, uh, Bill and Frank. Wonderful conversation. Love to have listeners learn from this dialogue so that they can tackle the five P's of digital transformation to improve the outcome. Thanks so much again. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.